Section 205 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 276 Blackheath, July 2nd, 1765 My dear friend, I have this moment received your letter of the 22nd past, and I delayed answering your former in daily, or rather hourly expectation of informing you of the birth of a new ministry, but in vain. For after a thousand conferences, all things remain still in the state which I described to you in my last. Lord S. has, I believe, given you a pretty true account of the present state of things, but my lord is much mistaken, I am persuaded, when he says that the king has thought proper to re-establish his old servants in the management of his affairs. For he shows them all the public dislike possible, and, at his levy, hardly speaks to any of them, but speaks by the hour to anybody else. Conferences in the meantime go on, of which it is easy to guess the main subject, but impossible, for me at least, to know the particulars. But this I will venture to prophecy, that the whole will soon centre in Mr. Pitt. You seem not to know the character of the Queen. Here it is. She is a good woman, a good wife, a tender mother, and an unmeddling Queen. The King loves her as a woman, but I verily believe has never yet spoken one word to her about business. I have now told you all that I know of these affairs, which, I believe, is as much as anybody else knows, who is not in the secret. In the meantime you easily guess that surmises, conjectures, and reports are infinite, and if, as they say, truth is but one, one million at least of these reports must be false, for they differ exceedingly. You have lost an honest servant by the death of poor Louis. I would advise you to take a clever young Saxon in his room, of whose character you may get authentic testimonies, instead of sending for one to France, whose character you can only know from far. When I hear more, I will write more. Till when, God bless you. Letter 277, Blackheath, July fifteenth, 1765. My dear friend, I told you in my last that you should hear from me again as soon as I had anything more to write, and now I have too much to write, therefore I will refer you to the Gazette, and the office letters, for all that has been done, and advise you to suspend your opinion as I do about all that is to be done. Many more changes are talked of, but so idly and variously that I give credit to none of them. There has been pretty clean sweeping already, and I do not remember in my time to have seen so much at once as an entire new board of treasury and two new secretaries of state, cum multis alias, etc. Here is a new political arch almost built, but of materials of so different a nature, and without a keystone, that it does not, in my opinion, indicate either strength or duration. It will certainly require repairs, and a keystone next winter, and that keystone will and must necessarily be Mr. Pitt. It is true he might have been that keystone now, and would have accepted it, but not without Lord Temple's consent, and Lord Temple positively refused. There was evidently some trick in this, but what is past my conjecturing? Davis sum non otipus. There is a manifest interregnum in the Treasury, for I do suppose that Lord Rockingham and Mr. Dowswell do not think proper to be very active. General Conway, who is your secretary, has certainly parts at least equal to his business, to which I dare say he will apply. The same may be said, I believe, of the Duke of Grafton, and indeed there is no magic requisite for the executive part of those employments. The ministerial part is another thing. They must scramble with their fellow-servants for power and favor as well as they can. Foreign affairs are not so much as mentioned, and I verily believe not thought of. 
but surely some counterbalance would be necessary to the family compact, and if not soon contracted will be too late. God bless you. End of section 205. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.